It's Barely in Topic, a podcast for Boston Bruins fans by Boston Bruins fans. Welcome to Barely in Topic. We're recording on a different day today. Everything seems weird. And this week I have Tim and Jeff has decided to come back. Yes, decided. Ooh. I was totally at risk of staying in New Brunswick. <laughs> That's not where we said you were. We where did you it. say I was? Well, Ben suggested you were in Macau. <laughs> I mean, that would be better than Fredericton, sure. I guess, maybe. Completely better. Like, a hundred times better. Like, Fredericton is pretty swell, despite being in New Brunswick. But, yeah. <laughs> Macau's, like, tropical, right? Yeah, it's also like a lot of city, and I don't do so well in a lot of city, so like... Oh, God. Well, I didn't put you there. That was Ben. You can take up that issue with him. I said that you were scouting out volcanoes that we could all hurl ourselves into when the darkest timeline got really, really dark. Fair. I mean, I actually was like looking for the time stone just to go back and undo all of this, but uh turns out Thanos already got it. Bit of a problem. Um... See, there you go. You know, I got to tell you, you know, one of my favorite moments of the the sweet game was when we basically had to talk about Thor Ragnarok. For no particular reason, too. It just sort of happened. (laughs) Yeah, it it was going to. And Mandy says, what are you two talking about? And you go, Thor Ragnarok. She's like, of course you are. Uh, so yes, we are nerds when we're together at games too. <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah, you know, uh, we had Ben filling last week, and Ben um, Ben was a lot of fun. That was good. He had a devious plan. I'm not telling you what it is. You have to go listen to it. Okay. Oh, it's really good, right, Tim? It's fantastic. But we are not leaking it to you. You have to go find it. And listen to it, and then grin from ear to ear, or take up some argument with with Benjamin about it. All right, guys, a lot of stuff happened this week. Some stuff we want to forget about, some stuff we have to talk about, but I'm debating whether or not I want to just get this thing out of the way right now. The Winter Classic jerseys. Oh, they're so good. Every single one we do is better progressively. These are beautiful. (laughs) They're the best. Like, the actual literal best. Okay, guys. I'm I'm surprised that you guys are, are so you're, you you reeled yourselves in. I expected that this would be a half an hour of gushing, but wow, Nick's not here. Oh, okay, okay. But All the right. big thing is, is you know, is it's so good they got they went for the 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 the, the high volume stripes. We're talking, you know, like the 75th anniversary sweaters, which are like the best things ever. So like they got a bit of that. They went for the solid B, so it'd go for the Mil- so it'd be like a Mill Schmidt sort of sort of era, which is great. Everyone that was at campaigning for numbers on the front, which are even older than that, is bad. No, that's for football. Fuck off. So like this is great. They're fantastic. They are beautiful. I cannot wait to have one. I don't know. I don't have an away sweater at all. You know my sweaters are regular. Uh, my the regular home black and gold and. Uh, and the uh, and the last winter classic, but uh, I'm excited to have this one because it's it's white that's uh, definitely worth worth owning. I'm pumped. They're great. It's going to be a Marchand, and I'm going to wear it proud, proudly around Halifax while people spit at me. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> All right, guys, ready? I actually own two. Wow, that was quick. <laughs> okay, it, it's a complicated story. Well, 
Okay, this is how it goes. The first part of the story is Glenn and I were sitting on the couch petting Vegas because if Glenn and I sit on the same couch, Vegas has to come over and sit down with us. It's the rule. Even though there's a whole other leg of couch for her to, you know, Vegas on. Nope, <laughs> she's got to be right between us. So so we're petting her, and I said, I'm kind of digging the, uh, the, the Winter Classic jersey. And he's like, you know, I, I really dig it too. I think this is what we need to do. I think we need to get them for Christmas. And I said, so I, I, I'm going to go buy both of them and I'm going to go wrap them. And then we're going to be excited on Christmas morning when we wrap them and act surprised. So that's the first part of it. The second part is artists have to get the, they have to get crested because in the store, unless you're a smaller or medium, you're not going to get anything. And unless you only want Marshy in a small and medium or, or Chara or Bergy, you're not going to get what you want. There were no pastas, no pastas. And you didn't want to just, or you didn't want to just order you. eh? Well, okay. Here's the thing. They said, if you order, it's going to take about six to eight weeks. Really? Yes. Holy shit. Yes. So if you want it for a specific time, you should get on that right now. Um, yeah, uh, sounds like I need to communicate that to, per- to, to, to personages that can that can afford jerseys for for, for, my, for me. Yeah, okay, yes. cool. Yes, <laughs> you need to let them know. You can order them on the NHL store, but they're not the same ones that you get from the pro shop. The pro shop are the real authentic. So I got it, but I need to get it crested. Now I know what, what Glenn's getting because we had this conversation as part of our, oh, let's pretend to be excited about opening gifts on Christmas. He is definitely getting a Marchand. I, I debated whether or not he should get pasta or Marchand because he has been to two games where pasta's gotten a hat trick, right? Yeah, I feel like, like that means he pretty much has to get a pasta knock there. That's, it seems like Glenn doesn't have a choice. That's what I thought, but he's like, no, I definitely need Marshy. And because I said, I would love to get Marshy, but I don't know if I could take the flack. I would want to, like, fight people or something. And and Glenn is uh, is a true masshole. Oh, Yeah. I think Glenn can handle being a Bergie. Uh, not Bergie, I'm sorry, a Marshy. So, but here's the thing, guys. I thought I had it figured out, but I don't have it figured out, guys. I don't know. I don't know who I should get. So maybe you guys can help me with this. So, hmm. I know who I would get, but my reasoning for getting it is because is a little bit different. I would go Bjork just because the game's at Notre Dame and he went and scored Notre Dame. Plus, I'm a big Bjork, Bjork guy, so I would probably go Bjork, but that's me. Yeah, that, that's you. Yeah, I don't know what, to, I don't know what to, suggest, to suggest you here on this one, you know? Like, like um, you've got your three guys, but you already got a Carlo jersey, and um, I really feel like now is probably not the time to be getting a Bacchus or even or a Chari jersey, given them... Um, their performance of late. I wanted to get a Chari, and then I floated that idea, and, and everybody's like, nah, I don't think you like, should Like, I, I love Nola Chari. I just, I don't think now is a smart time to be buying an Achari jersey, if you get what I'm saying. Yes, I get it. And it makes me deeply, intensely sad, because now I just don't know what to do. I'd, I'm just trying to think, like, I mean, like, Martian Pasta, Krug, in no particular order would be my choices, but uh, I know... Krug is uh, not your favorite, so why would you do that? He looks like my sister. Uh, for a similar reason, you wouldn't do Heinen because he looks like an ex boy, like an ex of yours or something like that, right? I was not sad to not get his poster last night because I was like, oh, I don't want to look at my ex boyfriend all the time. You could get Charlie or 
no. DeBrusque is a lot of fun, and he's kind of your your sort of player too in a lot of ways. Mm. You could jump on the JFK train. It is a lot of letters. Um, and and on the one hand, I was like, maybe you should jump on the train of a young guy like early, like a Lozon or something like that. But in this, at the same time, it's like probably not going to be having the same number after this year because a lot of times the number that they wear their rookie year isn't the number they wear after that. So I I would go with the same concern about about JFK to be honest. Twenty three is not a bad number though. It's not a bad, but who knows if it's going to stick with right? He's still at random call up stage. True. My recommendation VA would be like would be would be DeBrusque then, or 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 you could be Sly, and I, it's it's late in the game to be getting the jersey for this guy, but 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 a Krejci perhaps. Oh, I don't know, I don't know about Krejci. I don't I don't think I could wear Krejci. I, I still don't get Krejci. I mean, that's a problem he has pretty much across the fan base is that I think people just don't simply don't understand David Krejci in general anywhere in the league. Right <laughs> now, Ben. Yesterday, who was wearing his Zeidenberg jersey just for me. Aww. He always says that. It's very sweet. I enjoy that. Anyway, he said, you know, when I said, uh, guess who I'm going to get? And he goes, Carlo? And I'm like, but I have a Carlo jersey. He's like, yeah. And I said, but aren't you supposed to, as a hockey fan, get all the jerseys of all the different people that you like? I know, I know where he's... You know, you're allowed to have a favorite player and keep getting the same player. I just don't think I would. <laughs> I know. I want it to be different, but nothing is resonating with me. You know? And, Tim, I did grab my young guy early. Boy, that sounded really bad. I, mm. I got my young guy early. Yeah, yeah. You got out in front of that Carlo fast. That's just true. I did. I was, I was right there. I might have been a little quieter last year because he had a tough year, but... Man, oh man, I believe in him. I do. I don't think he's going to score any goals, but I believe in him. <laughs> he's going to score those goals that you don't expect. They're going to be freaky, wacky, weird. That is just the kind of stuff. So, Sidon goals? Because, like, Sidon bombs were kind of characteristic by having no business going in. What part of you do you, what, you don't understand how I am about my defensemen? They've got to be fluky. <laughs> <laughs> You could go totally off the reservation and just get like a Nordstrom. <laughs> oh, Tim. You know, despite the fact that Krejci came out this week and said that he likes the chemistry he's building with Nordstrom, and Ben's response to that was, I want him to build chemistry with someone else. <laughs> <laughs> I got no issue with Nordstrom, and I'm really coming to like the player, but he has no business being on that line. <laughs> right, that's that's essentially his what he was saying. I don't know. I was so I was so excited about Achari. I was like, I had it all figured out, and then he got benched for two games, and now all of my life is like thrown up in this. Thing. And Ellen's getting Pasternak, and I feel like maybe I should just get a Carlo one. Just somebody's got to get him. You know what? There's a the thing. If, if, if you if you don't, yeah, yeah, I don't like like I don't like that my previous Winter Classic's a blank. But anyway, you know it's what it is. I can't, I can't go blank. I gotta, I gotta show my love. Yeah, I said just go with what feels right. Then if if Carlo's what feels right, then stick with Carlo. I know it's a boring choice. I'll, I'll think about it. I got a little time. It's so the the coloring, the coloration on it. In some lights, it looks black, but it is a really, really, really deep brown. I kind of like that. Yeah. Okay. 
I don't, yeah, if it would have been a lighter brown, I don't think I would have enjoyed it. I love chocolate brown and I, there are lots of variations within chocolate brown. And this is like, this is basically like 90% cacao chocolate brown. Okay, that's good. Like, I know a lot of fans have been paging for a brown in a Bruins jersey for a while now, right? You know, like, that would have been an area that they could have improved the previous ones. Being the, uh, but, like, if they were a slight brown rather than the black, rather than the black, the ones with the fuzzy bear would have been a little bit better that way. So, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I have no problem with it. I wasn't sure. I thought it was going to be black. And I think it's actually a good counterpoint to not have it really be black. Uh, I only wish if they do have the, the pants uh, that match it, that they really go that deep and dark brown. Uh, you can get away with probably doing black, uh, but you can't get away with a lighter brown. It, it just wouldn't go. Right. Here's the thing. The concept of the Blackhawks jersey, the Winter Classic jersey, it looked flat. I didn't really enjoy it. But when I saw the jersey, I went, oh, my God, it's a goth stream. Yeah, because they remind me too much of the old shitty Black Ice series jerseys, but there's something to them. It's like, you might be not so bad, maybe. It's the striping. Okay, okay. The, thing that, the thing that sold me on the Bruins one is the striping. Well, because the striping is just, just magic. It's, I, it's perfect. Well, I just love stripes. I'm actually wearing stripes today, for a change. Well, and the, yet I, you were incredulous about my Nick's obsession with hem stripes. Yeah. Weird. Weird. <laughs> hem stripes are different. You guys are way too obsessed with them, and I expect you to wear hem stripes on everything because of your obsession. But <laughs> as for just stripey stripes, like I love stripey stripes. I just wear stripey stripes all the time. I have dresses, they're stripey stripes. I I love it. Can't do polka dots, so let's do stripey stripes. So there we go. I like polka dots too. Shut up. I wouldn't want polka dots on a jersey. Nope. <laughs> so, so we have stripes instead. These these jerseys are fucking dope. Well done, Bruins. Okay, and if you want them, order them soon. If you, also, if, I like them so much that I want them to be their thirds. Oh, they probably will. Yeah, remember, because the team doesn't have thirds right now, so you know. Yeah. I would love these to be the thirds. They're awesome. Now, the one thing I'll say is you don't see a lot of teams using the away winter classic jerseys as thirds, though, right? The cream jerseys haven't made a, haven't been used for that a lot, which is unfortunate because they'd better use these. But you know what? You can almost get away with using these as a, a regular jersey because the cream is a component, but it, the, the striping is so bold that it almost doesn't look like an away jersey. That's true. Huh. This is the kind of design that if you wanted to wear white for home, I think you can get away doing that with. There's a certain amount of the other colors that are, you know, I haven't really sat there and go, well, it's 45% white or something. Just when you look at it visually, it doesn't scream away jersey. Regular away jerseys are really bland and boring. You've got to have a certain amount of other coloration on there to make it like a home jersey in my way of thinking. Uh, because white is boring. Depending on how you want to look at it, it's the absence of color or it's all colors. But, ugh. Yeah. On that note, how happy are you that you became a hockey fan after they uh, switched from using whites as the home jerseys? Very. Uh, yeah, me too. Me too. Honestly, I'm like, why would you do that? Why would you wear your whites at home? Granted, I was coming up from having watched more football, whereas, like, this is intuitive. You wear your whites away. Yeah, okay. So, yes, we need to move on from jerseys. Okay. 
Since the last time we recorded an episode, the Bruins have played four games, one of which we completely forgot about because it seems like it was a million years ago and they won in overtime. And honestly, it's not really worth talking about that game much. Um, well, the thing is, they, they did they did hold hold Ty Ty pointless, and um, that's all I have to say about that. So and I was r- wrong in my prediction that Ty Ty would score a goal. That's all. Dobby was in that, and I miss Dobby very much. And he talked after the game about it too. Like he was like, I don't know if it's just being it's the he was like it's first time I play here as a way, and it was very hot, very warm. And he kept talking about how hot and warm it was on the ice. Dude, you live in Texas now. (laughs) He also, I think it's just that it's kind of nervous. It's his first time doing that. So you get heated up. I was interested to hear that, actually. I could have sworn he played for the, he he, he started at some point against Boston when he was with the Canes. Because remember, he basically took over the starting position one year there. Because, right. you know, Cam Ward was Cam Ward and continues to be Cam Ward just for the Blackhawks now. Yeah, but it seems like we always play two of our three games down in Carolina. Yeah, that's, that's true. It's almost never two games up here. Maybe last season it was two games up here, but it, it always seems like two games down there. Well, I thought was interesting about what Dobby said was that he's uh, they're like, how do you get over to this loss? And he's like, you say some ba- uh, swear words, you bang your stick and break a couple sticks, and then you say some more swear words, and then you move on. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like he learned a few things from Tuco while he was here. <laughs> yep. I think so. <laughs> We're just going to mention this because there, we don't need to go into to a deep dive on Vancouver game. I said that Ty Ty would score on us, and then Ben said, so following that logic, Louis Erickson should score on us. Well, he did. Twice. <laughs> Twice. I guess he was taking Ty Ty's goal and then one for himself. I said, well, that would probably be really good for Louis because I know that Louis has struggled. Louis scored his second and third goals against us on the season. <sighs> Which sparked should have kept Louie talk, and I was just like, oh my god, shoot me now. Uh, like, don't get, I mean, like, yeah, like, should have kept Louie's not the right answer. Yes, should not have turned around and used that money to sign David Backus, but, like, keeping Louie would have uh, also been a bad plan. Yeah, yeah, so, all that sucked. DeBrusque had a good game. That's really about it. DeBrusque had two goals. DeBrusque was one of four Bruins players that somehow came out with a positive on their plus minus, along with Nordstrom, Kampfer, and Grizzlick. Just like a weird trio to be positive pluses in that game. Except Grizzlick's a jersey you could go. Uh, You know what? Uh, She's not her style defenseman, though, right? I I think that Mandy's reserving the right on that, so... It could be McAvoy, it could be Grizzlick, it could be... I, I don't want to step on anybody's toes. With getting Going for Carlo, I'm not stepping on anybody's toes. Everybody knows how I feel about... There you go, just take just take the escape route. Hardly anyone's going to be getting this jersey anyway. Go with John Moore. There you go. No! <laughs> <laughs> you are evil! John Moore's family's not even doing that. So. Oh, that's mean. I didn't actually, we're, we're being bad. Actually, I, I'm I'm kind of liking what John Moore brings. He's like a he's like a more mobile Kevin Miller, which uh, which is nice. Oh, you know, I keep forgetting about Kevin Miller. I He'll just, be back. He's supposed to be back really soon. So, like, as in possibly first game this week. You know, the defense has been doing pretty well, except for that Vancouver game. Oh, yeah. Vancouver. I'm just going to wrap up the Vancouver game by saying this. One, 
Overbroth is our enemy, and thankfully we we've seen him twice this year, and we won't see him again. Right? Right. Yep. To everybody sucked in that game. Everybody was bad. Yep. You know, some nights it's like you have the forwards; they just they can't they can't break through and whatnot. Some nights the defensive breakdowns work against them. Some nights goaltending is not there. But on that night, even though the Bruins managed to score five goals, one of which in garbage time, but they scored five goals and lost eight to five, everybody was bad in that game. Everyone. You know what? We're going to take some advice from our old friend Dobby. We'll say some swear words. Fuck. Damn it. We're going to break a stick. I don't have a stick to break, but... Snap! Snap! Yeah. <laughs> Crash! Bang! And then we're gonna move on. Oh, we gotta say some more words. Uh, swear words. Fuck! Shit! Motherfucker! <laughs> and then we're gonna go on. Those two games this weekend. So Halak started back to back and um, stopped about seventy-five shots in two games, letting up only two goals. Yep, he's got the hot hand. Now, mind you, that's really bad that he faced about 75 shots in two games. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's not a sustainable way to be. And it, it, was, it was great that Halak went from looking like Islanders Halak to St. Louis Blues Halak real quickly. And Honestly, he's looking more like Montreal playoff run Halak right now. You know, the one that stole the starting position from Price in 2010? It's true. Yeah, he's looking like that Halak, which, fuck yeah. But, you know, I, I think that it's really important for us to contain our expectations. Although, if you subtract out the Islanders' time, which I guess is most recent, so you shouldn't, Halak has always been a well-above-average goalie. Right. You know, things could have been happening there with the Islanders. It's just a bad team, you know? It's just a, a bad, bad, bad club with a shitty defense. Sorry, Johnny, but it's true. Yes, I'm just tempering my expectations on Halak. I'm glad it's all working out. I'm glad he's he's taken this team and and he's really being effective. And at the price point he's doing it at is just wonderful. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. like, really, actually, that's really not talked about enough. It's not just the Bruins signed Halak, which is a ridiculous, which is a made a, a huge get for your backup slash one B. Let's call him one B at this point. Getting him at all, and then getting him at two seventy at two seventy five, like. That was a really. I think that actually got less cover, less like talked about over the summer than it should have. Even everyone agreed it was a good move. I don't think anyone were fully assessed how good a move it was. Well, well, yeah, and part of that is because we saw what it was like for him down in, in with the Isles, so we didn't know what we were getting uh, necessarily. Yeah. We know what he's capable of, but we didn't know what we were getting. Now uh, that's one of it. Two, we always have to couch everything within the terms of a possible goalie controversy. Always. That's what we have to do now. You know, you know, it was great that Ty Anderson had for, for 98.5 on Friday morning was that you got, you idiot, this is what a goalie controversy looks like after, you know, both goalie, goalies shat the bed on the night before. Yep. It's like having two good goalies is not a controversy. Having two potentially, having two bad goalies, that's a controversy. <laughs> right. But the problem is, is that a lot of Bruins fans won't admit that Tuca's good. Well, and a lot of Bruins fans listen to either listen to Felger or Reed Hags. Or both. Oh, God. I'm, guess, I'm going to bet that Venn diagram is mighty close to me. Pro- yeah, I, I would imagine it would be. 
or one one circle inside the other, like the Hag circle inside the Felger circle. <laughs> you know, what's really interesting is this, is that uh, I was talking to Ben about this yesterday, and I said, you know, there was a time where you could listen to Felger and he would be really reasonable about Bruins stuff. But that ended after the Bruins uh, failed to win the Cup in 2013. I learned a lot from Fe- Felger. I did. And then I learned more. So... He has a very narrow scope on things, so you can't just go by that. Um, if you want controversy, if you want people yelling about stuff and complaining about shit and whatever, Felger hates everything, so good, go yeah. do that. But if you want to actually see what's working and talk about what isn't working without yelling all the time and actually trying to figure out how to make it work, then you're not going to listen to that shit. That's all. To put it into perspective... Felger still thinks the 2018 Red Sox aren't good enough to win the World Series. Wait, 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 wait. still? Still. You mean the, the World Series they won some weeks ago? Yeah, that, that's Felger. He just... He... That doesn't even make sense. Even Not even, like, Felgerese. That doesn't even make sense. So, does it matter if they were good enough because they did it, so shut the fuck up, Right? Uh, that it sounds like that, that sounds like Lambert spend, spending the whole summer, you know, talking about the Caps, how the Caps overachieved in the playoffs. I'm like, yeah, in fact, they did. They also won their first cup. So you know what? Fucking a. Does not matter if they miss the playoffs this year. Which to be fair, the Caps are not so great to start the season, except for the season opener. There. Why are you um, trying to litigate this after it's all done? It's like fact of the matter is, is they won it. Right. It does not matter otherwise. Right, right, right. I, I, it's I, Felger. I, I do not get it. I don't understand why you would waste any time doing that. How awesome was it to see the Bruins in their first meeting against Toronto win? Oh, that was... And the and Pasternak is putting on a fucking demonstration. While the person that the late Maple Leafs drafted much, much earlier in the same draft sits around without a contract. <laughs> yep. And his it's his best buddy, too. I know. <laughs> Yes, Pasta, that is his second hat trick of the season. He's the NHL's goal leader at present, which is fucking sweet. And he's like third in points, I think. Well, and first in points happens to be not Patrice Bergeron. So, uh, you no, know. no, it was Ber- uh, it is uh, it is not Bergeron. It was no, Bergeron. It's, someone has 26. It's Bertinen. I think his name uh, Rantanen. I'm sorry, Miko Rantanen. Yeah, I was gonna say it wasn't gonna be Vertinen because Vertinen's um not good. I you know what <laughs> I I saw I wrote down the name here. Um, it, I knew it was a Finnish guy's name. It's Finnish guy. Finnish guy is is the leader. Um, you know, funny, is one point. Jake Vertinen's not Finnish though. He's Canadian. <laughs> Just Finnish to, you know. last name. <laughs> Finnish last re- name guy. I the... can barely like start the last name. I'm not going to finish it. <laughs> <laughs> Where are all the K's? <laughs> <laughs> okay, yes. It was not Vertinen. It was other Finnish, actual Finnish guy. Finnish guy with actual Finnish first name, not just last name. Right, right. Actual uh, Finnish first name with two K's in it, just like it should be. Mika Rotten is the guy who is has taken over the lead in points, but he's only one point ahead of Patrice, and Patrice has plenty of time to usurp him. So, notice all four of the top uh, points leaders are um, each are two thirds of of their respective line, because it's Rantanen followed by Bergeron, followed by McKinnon, followed by Pasternak. 
And then both lines left wings aren't in the top 10. Just a note, we went far off topic for a very long time. So this is an inelegant way to bridge topics. How, by the way, how fucked is it that our, ni- that, that our 19 and 20 year old defensemen are out with concussions? Like seriously, how fucked is that? Very. We have more than one. Oh, McAvoy. That's right. Oh yeah. McAvoy. Okay. So from what I understand, he had a concussion, but he also had some vestibular issues. Did he? Okay. Like I was all, I, I, there was like no noise for the longest time about him not be about, about what he was out for. He was just out. And then on Friday in the same press conference, talking about Tuca's leave absence, we'll get to that. That was when Cassidy finally owned up to it. It was a con- that he was being treated for concussion symptoms. I had no idea until like Adam pointed out uh, that uh, he said, what, what does vestibular mean? He posted that on the, on one of the game threads or something. And, and Glenn told him what it was. <laughs> and Glenn was like, yeah, I almost uh, mentioned you in that because of course I have vestibular issues. I have vertigo. So it sounds like uh, not only Charlie was dealing with the concussion, but he was dealing with some inner ear shit, which is what Corey Crawford was dealing with at the end of last season oh, after getting a concussion. So he's it's this, so he's getting vertigo. So that's uh, that's that's some Jonas Hiller or um uh, or, or, or or Corey Crawford shit there. Hmm. Yeah, that happened to Brock Holt too. The Red Sox. He had a concussion. We're not denying that that Charlie had that. He said he didn't feel right though. Like some people jump to different conclusions when he said uh, when when that was the quote uh, about him. Uh, I know a lot of people assumed it was heart related, even though that was a hundred percent resolved, right? I I right. I worried about that, but I thought that was the slim chance, um, very very slim chance that that could happen because that that procedure sounds like it's like it never ever creeps up on anybody ever again. The ablation, but. When, when you hear that somebody doesn't feel right, it's like, yeah, it could be a concussion. You definitely don't feel right. But he wasn't even skating. He wasn't getting anywhere near the rink, you know, and uh, and nobody was talking about it. I think they were just trying to sort it out a little bit more. You know, they knew he had a concussion. They knew they didn't really have to report that. All they had to do was just have him go through the concussion protocol. But I think they were trying to sort out this other issue, this secondary issue, which is very important because I got to tell you, having vertigo, I've had vertigo where it knocked me out for four days at a time. A buddy of mine was laid out a couple years, some years ago for like three months. Yeah. There are people who have some really severe cases of vertigo. And I used to get one, I'd get a flare up every year. I'd be knocked out for about four days before I could actually stand up and do anything. So having it for three months, oh, it's, it's, I can't even imagine that. And Corey Crawford was having that at the end of last season, which is why they shut him down. He, I don't even think he played in training camp this year. It took them. A it long took time. him a few games into the season for him to have his debut. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like um, it's it's serious stuff because you can't tell when anything's level. <laughs> it, it like you can't stand up. You can't do certain things without feeling like you're just gonna vomit poor charlie luckily he has been um skating so he skated a couple times now they said which is good news to hear like any new when you're dealing with issues like that hearing that they're just getting on the ice is pretty big so that's good and it sounds like it hopefully 
now that he's able to skate a little bit, hopefully things are smooth coming back, and hopefully, you know, in the next couple of weeks, we can insert him back in the lineup. But anyway, I can't even imagine having to get on a plane and having vertigo and getting back home. They must have drugged him the fuck up. That's all I can think of. Yeah, no, thank you. <laughs> so Charlie will be back soon. I forgot about that. I forgot about Kevin. All these guys that have been out for a while, I feel so bad because I guess I guess it's a good thing I've kind of forgotten about them because the defense has been holding, if not doing even better than that. Which is insane considering how deep into the pool they've had to dip, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. And then my boy last night was not in the game. Yeah, he took a, a, high, a high hit against Toronto and had to sit out for upper body injury. Yeah. I, I heard... From somebody last night who apparently is in contact with Brandon Carlo somehow, uh, a season ticket holder, said that uh, he would probably be back this week. So between him and Miller being on the brink of returning, one thing we can assume is that um, uh, Lausanne is probably not even going to travel with the team. His um, uh, emergency call-up will end and he'll get sent back to Providence. But what an emergency call-up it was. He scored... His first NHL goal. Yes, he's, he's, he has looked really good in the games he's played, and it's it's freaking sweet. I'm happy for him. I, li- I really liked watching that kid in the queue, so it's nice to see him being successful now. Right. It was a fun goal because old friend Malcolm Subban just misjudged that puck and just did not play it. <laughs> By the way, how gratifying was it kicking, whomping that many former Bruins? Subban, Mil- Miller, Holden... Oh my god, I forgot about Riley, Riley Smith. Riley Smith was playing last night? <laughs> yes, he was. Turns out, regardless of how good he and Marcheseau are, it doesn't really do you a lot of good when William Carlson remembers that he's William Carlson. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and Merlin, they, I mean, that line actually has been playing well. It's just shockingly, they're not scoring all of the goals anymore. Who could have guessed that? <laughs> I, I've got to tell you that last night I'm, I'm watching the game. I should have brought my glasses. So that, that was a bad thing. The only player, and it took me a while to recognize that he was on the ice. I was like, wait a minute. Oh my God. That's Pat Ready. I forgot that he was on the Golden Knights. Oh gosh. Look at that. Sorry. I just looking at, at, at Riley Smith's stat line. He is so on pace to keep that every other year player thing going right now. He's only got seven and 18. Uh-huh. Look, he is what he is. I mean, like, you get a really amazing player every other year. And then every other year, you get a perfectly cromulent middle six, middle six right wing. But on the same token, he managed not to produce while playing right wing with Berkey and Marshy. But he had to leave Boston, just like Brett Connolly did. Because, like, seriously, you should be able to produce points there at will. I mean, they're, they're in the process of turning Pasternak into a Rocket Richard winner. So... I think that basically just breathing on that line gets you at least 10 goals. Unless you're 14-15 Riley Smith or 15-16 Brett Connolly. Yeah, yeah. And actually, I say that that's not true because um, 14-15 Riley Smith did have 13 goals. So, yes. (laughs) Well, okay. Yeah, so he was breathing. Yep. I for, it's been such a long time. It hasn't really been that long, but it seems like such a long time uh, that I forgot that Riley Smith existed and that he was a Bruin at one point. I guess that's what happens after a while, huh? 
Yeah, it's weird. It's like maybe someday people will even be over, you know, Sagan or Dougie, maybe. I hope. I don't have that much faith in this fan base. <laughs> Let's just wrap up these, these two games this weekend. Fantastic show. Did give up a lot of shots. Halak did a fantastic job in both of those games. Vegas trips everyone. Literally everyone all the time. Oh, that's right. They tripped two players at the same time and got uh, it went from having five men on the ice to three. That was and fun. Was previously, they'd taken a tripping penalty and then 30 seconds into that penalty t- took another tripping penalty. So uh, Vegas might need to work on that, which is weird because they're a fast team. Yet usually it's slow teams that take a lot of tripping penalties. Yeah, you, you know, um, hooking is legal in Vegas. So, oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe they were just doing a lower hook. <laughs> but it's, but that's just, it's weird though. Normally you take trips to Vegas, you don't have the Vegas actually taking the trips. All right. So we've got some other things to talk about. First of all, this week after that terrible Vancouver game, it was stated on Friday morning that Tuka Rask would take some personal leave. And, of course, there was a lot of speculation as to what that could be. I don't know what it is. And you know what? I don't need to know what it is. If he needed time to deal with a personal matter, the only only appropriate response is, take the time that you need. I hope everything works out well. And I'm not just saying it because that's what I said on the Bruins' Twitter it's just, this is how we should be. The players are people, and they have other things going on. Unfortunately, of course, because this is the Bruins fan base, and because it was Tuka Rask. <sighs> I was really disappointed in the entire fan base. I wasn't the least, I, was, I wasn't disappointed just because I wasn't surprised. I was disgusted, but I wasn't disappointed because it's exactly what I expected from them. I purposely did not take any dives into that. Good call. Very good call. I don't need to have my faith in humanity even any lower right now. So I I did not need to do that. uh, And I didn't because I really feel like I took the proper road on this. And that is the only road you need to take. Poor guy. I I can't imagine what it is. I don't want to know what it is. It's not for me to know. He might rejoin the team soon, according to Cassidy. So that's whatever it is, it's possibly dealt with. Good. The fact that he needed to take the time. It's sad, I think, for him because you don't want to you don't want people to go through bad things. You should not want people to go through bad things unless they're truly horrible people. It's just it too, like not so much just for anyone working, but especially for like someone who's like a professional athlete, they don't take like leave a leave of absence for nothing. Like that's that's just not what it is. Like there was something going on, or is something going on, and that's what you ha- you have to feel for that. No matter what your view on Tuka is, you have to feel bad for that. Like. Show some empathy, some compassion, something. like. And the other thing, too, is uh, the it, it's inviting to speculate that whatever this is has been affecting his play. And you know what? Maybe that's true. It's also irresponsible to say so. Well, I can't imagine being so compartmentalized in my life 
so as I can block out everything when something truly terrible or frightening or something is happening in my life. They're people. They're people. Right now, I'm not going to have any judgment on this. It's like Tuca has slow Octobers and whatnot. We are lucky that we have Halak to take the load right now. I hope that whatever is going on with Tuca, personally, it resolves well and that he can concentrate on being Tuca first and then secondly, a hockey player. And then I hope that Tuca at some point soon in the next few weeks gets it together as a hockey player and has a good season that's all yeah that's all you should want right now as an interesting aside to this 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 particular drama it's interesting to note that vladar vladash whichever we're calling him now we got the call up rather than zane yeah that's telling yeah zane is um that that officially announces that zane is done as a Bruins prospect full stop well, wouldn't Zane still have to clear waivers to go back down? And not an emergency recall. Emergency recall is okay. different. Okay. And it was, an, and, sure. and, and it was an emergency recall because Tuca is still rostered, right? I don't. I, it's interesting. I would wonder how the league would handle a long-term leave of absence in that case, because I it's, it doesn't count as LTIR or anything like that, and you don't want to suspend play. Maybe it's a suspend, but still pay or something just for paper purposes. I don't know. How did anyway, they handle Craig Anderson? Last season, or the I don't season know. before. Otherwise, you're stuck with a with a dead cap for a player that's not playing, or worse, dead roster space. So I'm not sure how that works. Okay, so I think that covers Bruins things. Um, some other interesting things happened in the NHL this week. They did. Um, so the Blackhawks did something dumb. They fired their head coach. Their head coach, who happens to be hold the um, the second most wins of all time behind, you know, Scotty fucking Bowman, who incidentally works for the team. Is it Scott? No, it's Stanley who who owns. Uh, Stan, no, no, Stan's the GM, but Scotty is a Scotty is an, a special advisor to his son. Really? Yeah, you didn't know. Man, I, you didn't know I, that. I, yeah, I, yeah, I, Scott, I, I believe Scotty Bowman's got his name on all, on all three uh, Blackhawks cups. Which means he has probably has his engraved his name engraved on the cup more than anyone else ever. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, so yeah, so they 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 got rid of Quenville, which is um... it's totally a decision you can make. <laughs> 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 no, you gotta say it the right way. Come on. So that's that that's totally a decision you can make. Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, interestingly, um, everyone was expecting a number of other, you know, not good teams to have uh, instantly fired their coaches and hired them. Specifically, everyone was thinking the Blues, because the Blues kind of pushed all in last summer and suck. And Mike Yo or Yo is bad. Yeah. Likewise, you'd thought that the Flyers might have said, finally realized that that beady-eyed bastard, Mahakstall, is, uh, you know, not good. And they're a team that could be decent had they a competent coach. But no, 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 no one's moved on on Quenneville yet, which is I find very interesting. There is also the question there. Quenneville is a really, really good coach. If you're a team with a decent coach, but not an but not maybe not necessarily an elite one, do you consider firing your coach even if they're having success in the interest of getting Quenneville before someone else does? Remember, I talked about a hypothetical. I was going to ask. So oh, I'll be more specific. Yeah. I will be more specific. Were it possible to get Quenneville to be a Bruins coach? Would you entertain the possibility of firing Cassidy, even though I have no, even though you have no beef with Cassidy to get a coach as high quality as Joel Quenneville? And again, I'm not advocating this. This is just an interesting hypothetical. 
Okay, if you fire Cassidy, you're risking that you would have some some players on the team uh, regress, I think, in some way, because they bought into the system and you're going to change the system a little bit. Maybe not a lot, but a little bit. I, I do also think the other thing you want to you're concerned yourself with there is um that uh, it sends very much the wrong message to the team too. Oh, yes. Well, think about that. They're having re- you know, they're not playing spectacular, but the team but but they're doing all right, right? You know, they're they're still soundly third in the division, tied with the Leafs. So technically, right? But really, with this roster, can you expect to do more than that? Oh, and there's the thing, you know, I uh, it's hard to say. Like I think. You know, I mean, like, there, there's some things about line combinations that Cassidy seems to be mighty stubborn about for both good and bad reasons. Uh, specifically, the resistance to move past your posture knock down a line, which I still have no idea which side of that debate I fall on. I'm having so much fun with pasta on the top line. That There's I the just, thing, right? It's it, That line is kicking so much ass. He's scoring so many goals. I don't want to touch it. But on the other end, it's like, we should spread the wealth. And you be fair, Krejci is in the process of having a banner season. He yeah. currently has a, he's currently projected at 71.75 points over the season, which would be his second best season of his career and his first season over 70 points since 08-09. But if you keep Pasta up on that first line, then Patrice Bergeron can have like a million points. Well, I see. In that case, maybe, maybe exactly to keep Pasternak on that first line. Maybe you're looking at a Art Ross winner, Patrice Bergeron, and a Rocket Richard winner, um, um, uh, David Pasternak, right? I, I want I want Patrice Bergeron to to go down as being more than just a defensive forward. I want him to be looked at as like as a potential like real big threat. Well, that's the thing, right? If if he were to get the Art Ross. And being that he's Patrice Bergeron, there's no scenario he wouldn't get the heart. Mm. Which means, like, if he, if he were to get the Art Ross heart and Selkie in a season, holy fuck, right? Oh, man. I might have to go spend a little time by myself in the other room. Yeah, I was going to say, my pants are fitting significantly tighter now. Um, just at the <laughs> thought of it. <laughs> um, I, gosh, I know. It's like, I understand the reasoning. I understand why you want to take pasta and put him on the second line. But if you're not moving DeBrusk back to left wing and you're not moving up Bjork or somebody to that first line, then you're going to be doing it wrong. And Agreed. that's the problem. So it's, and right now, Cassidy is really just like, no, Jake DeBrusk is a right winger. And everybody's like, he's not. <laughs> he really isn't. <laughs> he's a left winger. Bring him back. I mean, like, he's doing things with it, but I think he's doing, I think he'd be achieving more if he was on his natural wing. Yes! Whereas, you know, like, Nordstrom's going to achieve about the same, which are the side of Krejci you put him on, so fucking put him on the right. Uh, right? Uh, if you're going to roll, if you're, if you're going to roll Nordstrom on that line, play Nordstrom on his off wing, not, not DeBrusque. Let's just take Nordstrom off the second line. We've talked about this. Everybody pretty much is like, why? The only person who wants Nordstrom there is David Krejci. I mean, and don't get me wrong, like, keeping Krejci happy, okay, fine, that's a great thing. Krejci's been a little disgruntled for a while now and is having a banner season in the process, which, incidentally, that's a thing to talk about here. We talk about how, how inept our depth scoring is, but David Krejci is, you know, again, scoring at a, 71, at a 72-point pace. And most, and while he's got a lot of points on the power play, only five of his 15 are on the power play. So that's 10, that's 10 points even strength for David Krejci. <sighs> I wouldn't necessarily call one player depth scoring, though. 
Like, well, yeah, but my, my point is, is like, like, okay, that line showing some success or a player showing success. We got to find a better winger for that than Nordstrom, because then like, like we are, we have, we we're, we're, I feel like we're on the cusp of having two genuinely dangerous lines here, and it's just finding a way to build it. And again, I am not advocating necessarily to move Pasternak down, because again, I told you, I don't know what side of that debate I fall on. But like, they have an opportunity here. We appear to be having a David Krejci renaissance of some sort. Find a way to grab that by the balls and run with it. And I don't think Nordstrom's that. Okay. Uh, let's get back to the topic at hand, though. Quenville. What do you think Quenville would do if he came in? You know, that's a tough question, though, too, right? Because Quenville's uh, notorious for being uh, – he'll have his, his few line pairings, his dinkies. But, like, he's notorious for putting, for, for putting on the blender, too. Cassidy is actually doing that more in real game situations. Like, you can't you can't go by what it says – the, the practice lines are, you know, just before the game uh, or the warm-up lines are, you, you can't go by that. You can't go by what they, they say that the lines are because you'll be watching midway through the first, like I was last night. I'm like, what is that? That's a bunch of players I would not expect on the line. Anyway, so I, I just, I feel like Cassidy is mixing up the lines a little bit more than people give him credit for, but it, it works and it doesn't work, and he's maybe a little more reluctant to do it uh, uh, in a uh, than he had this week. I mean, after, I think uh, I think Vancouver shook him, and he was like, "Yeah, we got to make some uh, some different." Well, finally, giving up on the Bacchus as three C experiment is uh, overdue. Yep. And um, again, there was two players that had played a lot of games that were still they were still had no points. <sighs> I'd rather have kept Noel in the, in the lineup, but um, let's face it, of course you're going to scratch the guy that costs $725,000, not the one that costs $6 million. I know. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I, I don't agree with the decision, but I know exactly why it happened, so I can't really voice too much objection. Intellectually, I understand this, but in my heart, I don't. And I also think that you got rid of the guy with the neatest uh, nickname. So mm. there's, a, there's that too. But also I really like how the third line has played with Heinen, JFK and Bjork. Yep. I, I, I can't complain. I'm just saying I'm just heartbroken. Actually, that's, that's one thing Cassie's been doing. I don't understand is um he hasn't been given Bjork a lot of, a lot of rope lately. And I don't know why, like Bjork hasn't, hasn't necessarily been turning it into points, but, He's got a lot of jump in his game. He's all over the fucking ice. He was the second star last night. Was he? I yes. Well, I mean, the thing cut me off. Cuts me. Streams cut me off before they announced the three stars. I'm sorry. Anders Bjork was third star, not second star, but third star last night. Uh, it was Halak was one. Brad was two. Uh, Bjork was uh, three. But still, that means you're doing something. Yes, but like my point is, is like he's still getting like really, really low minutes. Like I saw someone have to. I'm trying to get it to load here, but I thought he only played. He played under ten minutes last night or something stupid, right? Ten minutes and thirty four seconds with a total of eight seconds of power play time on ice. That's not a lot. Yeah, I don't. I don't really get it. Maybe they're just trying to limit his time because of the shoulder. Well, I mean, JFK played eleven ten. And well, the thing, though, he still played, 30, so he's, the point is he still played the least minutes of any forward, which 
And I think I know why that happened. It seemed like, well, because he back, was 13-41. Like, towards the end of the game, Backus seemed to be on the ice all the time. I'm just like, please, no. I don't know if uh, if if Cassidy is kind of shortening the bench a little bit um, at times or if he's trying to just limit some players because of various reasons. I, I don't know. I don't I don't understand what he's doing myself. Um, but, yeah, Bjork isn't getting a lot of time in ice. I think it's worth throwing him up on one of the other two lines to see if he takes to something because I know that Nordstrom did play it did score a goal in the last couple of days and stuff and Krejci likes their chemistry. He did say that this week. But but Bjork's been buzzing and like here's the thing is like that Toronto game, the the, the JFK Hein and Bjork line had something ridiculous like a seventy four percent Corsi, which is like insane against a team like Toronto. <laughs> so like I don't know. I, I I don't understand why Cassidy's been playing Bjork the way he has. But anyway, and I think with better line mates, you could actually start seeing him explode offensively. It's all there. All right. So I'm going to give you the conservative answer on the Quenville thing. I, I don't I don't like the idea of getting giving up on Cassidy right now. I, I think there's no reason to do it other than you're just like, well, he's a better coach. He's he is just purely a better coach. That's why you would do it. And I think doing it in the middle of the season, it would be terrible. I think we yeah. would wreck things. So, and no. I, I asked that because I saw people on Twitter, fans of other teams doing this. And one or two Broads fans mentioned this. I'm like, why would you do that? I, I just, I think it's a, I think it's a terrible idea. But it got me thinking about it theoretically. Like, if there's that good a coach available, do you just walk away from your guy because you can do better? Now, it's, it, okay, let's do this scenario. Ready? Let's say Quenville goes unaffiliated uh, by the end of the year, right? There's gonna be there's gonna be some teams you're gonna be in company. You're in a bidding war then, probably, right? Right, but but let's just say, for some reason, the Jacobs are saying, "Let's open up the pocketbook. I really want another championship." I don't think they'll say that, but still, let's just talk about the hypothetical and not worry about other teams, okay? What happens if you make another second round playoff exit with Cassidy? Okay, let's say like at this last one, we got to the second round and we were done in the second round. Uh, and what the Bruins won one game of that five game. So series. so similar so similar second round exit. Basically, make it to the second round but embarrass ourselves. Well, I, I wouldn't say that not showing up strong against Tampa Bay is really embarrassing your, themselves because I, I think that Tampa Bay doesn't play hard throughout the year. Uh, we proved that last year because I remember the last game they played in season. I was like, Phil, I, 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 I was ready to like stick that fucking second round th- series in my veins. And then the second round series happened. It's like, oh, yeah, fuck. yeah. No, no, no. Um, Tampa Bay of the Ford game series last year, Tampa Bay did not put their full complement of uh, force on the ice. They they were like, now nah, you guys can take a break. It's OK. Um, I, I want to surprise the Bruins on the fourth game. And and when they, they came out in that one game and they just beat the crap out of the Bruins, you're just like, uh oh. <laughs> so let's say something like that happens this year, but it's not Tampa Bay you run into. It's I don't know. I don't care who it is. I don't really care who it is. Let's just say it's a second round loss and you didn't do any better. What do you do then? Do you do you consider a coaching change because That's you can get tough. that better you've one? Only, you've got less than two and a half seasons of coaching out of that guy at that point, right? And he had taken a team that was, you know, that had missed the year two playoffs two years in a row, was listless, and turned it into a playoff team in year one, second round in year two. I personally wouldn't do it because I think that you're going to undo. I still think you're going to undo a lot of things that you did. 
that are on the right track. I think giving up this early into Bruce Cassidy's tenure is a bad idea. I think the kids like him. They like how he's uh, respecting them and how he's playing them. And I think that, you know, it's just going to, it's going to be like a divorce and it's going to feel terrible. You so. see, I, yeah, I would, I would seriously consider doing some tweaks to the assistant staff. Yep. Absolutely. In fact, sorry, Joe Sacco, you're the one with tenure here. So uh, smell you later. Unless you are found, you came out of that second round series and like already had a, a, a contract negotiated with Quenneville right then and there. So basically you announced the dismissal and the import right then and there, right? Only yep. if you guaranteed had to, had Quenneville. And even then, I still don't know. Like when he started having underwhelming rosters, the, the results weren't there. He's not like he, he's not a coach that's going to turn it's, it's going to turn something something out of not much. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think in that regard, Cassidy is a bit better. You know? Yeah, I I, I would keep Cassidy. I think I don't. I want to see where this goes with Cassidy, with what he's building up, with what he's doing. I want to see where it goes because I think. Honestly, if they continue uh, to improve and everything like that, I think the Bruins will win a cup under Cassidy. I really do. And I want to see that happen. I just feel like we're a couple years invested in this. And I just, I, I like what I see. I, it, I don't like it all the time. It, certainly there are days where you just look at it and you're just like, oh, what the fuck is he doing? But uh, that's gonna be that's gonna be every coach in the NHL. That's gonna be every team. You, you You're gonna be Babcock. Like that. Be, ba- people ask that about Babcock all the time. Fuck, right? Mm-hmm. Incidentally, Babcock incredibly overrated as a coach. A chimpanzee could have coached those two Canadian team candidates to a gold medal, and likewise that one cup win with uh, Detroit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that's that's nonsense. But I think Babcock is possible is incredibly. But anyway, the point being, people bitch about that with Babcock, who's universally somewhat inexplicably considered that extraordinary a coach. Yeah. All right, so I'm just going to say no all the way around. How does that sound? Okay. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to agree with that. I, I think I think Cassidy's kind of restabilizing the team. And while s- stability for the sake of stability is stupid, I think that he actually – he that's they're not doing that in this case he's i just saw something last year that happened with this team that i hadn't really seen in hockey not with this team at all where like everybody feels like they're a family and i just feel like even though some members have changed out in the last season we because that happens i just feel like you're going to do something to really uh upset the core so let's not do that everybody's having more fun right now right and if at the worst that happens this season is we just see a team that's fun, have fun, then, I, you know, isn't that what hockey's supposed to be about? I, I know that we live in New England. I know we're, or we, we follow this New England team, this Boston team, and we are incredibly lucky to have all of these championships and stuff. And I want that. I do. I just feel like. Sometimes we need to have some fun too. So the Stanley Cup will come when it comes. Uh, but it, it certainly, if after this season we see things not turning out well, we don't see improvements, you have to look at two things. You have to look at the GM and you have to look at head coaching. And of course, the GM will always fire the head coach to save themselves. We know that. So, hey, 
This year, I say stay the course. I don't want Quenville. I don't want him that badly. And God, if I have to look at a guy with a mustache like that, like all the time, I'm totally not going to watch the games anymore. Super cool. <laughs> <laughs> if I wanted to look at a walrus, I'd go to the aquarium. You want a walrus, you hire Paul McClain, not not a, not Joel Quenville anyway. But, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. But anyway, uh, that's just the way I feel. It, it's I'm glad you threw a hypothetical at us. I like having these things. Um, I reserve the right to think about this later and come up with another answer. But that's my that's my gut answer right now. These were the answers I expected. Honestly, I just I just wanted the conversation starter. It's like I don't I don't think it's the it's not what I would do. It's just an interesting thought experiment. So yeah. Oh yeah, that's fine. That's fine. I'm a lot more conservative than I would like to admit in these kind of things because I think that. Some things have to develop over time and you have to be patient. And I think that's maybe the chemist in me that knows that not all reactions are instantaneous. So you need to take some time to work on some things. Gosh, I think the team's a lot of fun. They're frustrating at times, but that's to be expected. So just stay. It's fine. I like this. I have nothing against Bruce Cassidy. And I think that Bruce Cassidy, above all right now, needs this because his first his first uh opportunity with the capitals was terrible and he was not good in it so he needs this why don't we move on to that last piece of interesting stuff that happened this week oh the senators are such a disaster okay first of all if you are a professional athlete taking an uber or a lyft or whatever don't ever tell them who you are. Secondly, if you are an Uber driver or Lyft driver who gets this video and decides to post it, you are a piece of shit. Well, this person apparently may, may or may not have reached out to the, the team first because the because the the Sens already had a response strategy, which means this person tried to either tried to blackmail the team or whatever. I don't know. Still, piece of shit. Well, my point is even bigger piece of shit than you're saying. Is right. What I mean, it's my point. <laughs> right. Okay. Here's the thing. Even if you're, if you've got people in your car who are bad mouthing a company and you don't work for that company, it is not your business. Okay. That is their business. They are in your car. Yes, they are in your personal space, but they're paying you for that uh, personal space. Yes, I understand they're not paying for you to be discreet. But common courtesy would call, would call for you to just be fucking discreet. You don't need to go to the team about this. This is an internal matter that they need to deal with. You have nothing to do with it. You're just an opportunistic piece of shit. That's the way I look at it. Yes, the senators are a mess. Oh, God. They know how much of a mess they are. If management doesn't understand how much of a mess they are, then they've got their head up their asses all of their heads up their asses and that that's their right to do that. They can go ahead and do that. I don't care. The senators can suck for as long as they want, but I just feel like those, those players, maybe they shouldn't have been talking so freely in the car. Yep. The minute you open your mouth, you have to assume personal responsibility for that. But I also feel like maybe just maybe the driver, even though he might've been videotaping, for his own personal safety. I, I can I could get why a, a driver would want to do that. But 
if they weren't harming your personal space, if they weren't doing anything bad to you, you just need to erase that video and move on. Yep. Now, and aside to all of this, and I agree with you, mm-hmm. you notice who um, uh, one of the players that was in this was, was Matt Duchene. I think I'm finally coming around to your feeling that he's uh, just absolute poison. He's a douche. Yeah. <laughs> it's in his name. <laughs> like, 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 so here's the thing. Before I was like, well, he wanted out of the avalanche. He should have been more fucking specific, right? Yeah. Because <laughs> he didn't have no trade or anything. So it's not like he'd said, Give, send me to the senators because he didn't have that authority. Nope. But after hearing that and seeing that he's part of that, like, honestly, like, that, that, that tape probably dropped um uh, dropped him from being from commanding a draft pick and a, and an A prospect to be to to a first rounder and an A prospect to costing a to costing a second rounder and an A prospect at the deadline. Man, because he's probably and I'm not saying pay pay that for him. I'm just saying it's like the sense he he just fucked the sense good there. I think. Yeah, I I don't think he's a good guy at all. Now, importantly, you know who wasn't part of that group? Mark Stone, who's a better player anyway, and will be very fun fun to see what happens at the deadline. Incidentally, he plays right wing and is super defensively responsible, like the kind of winger people say should get selkie talk. Just saying. Get a third team in the mix and make it happen. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, do it the way do it the way Florida did. Just 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 like find someone in the West to fucking to fucking roll them, right? Yep. Florida got Mike Hoffman and uh Florida's not doing so hot. Mike Hoffman Mike Hoffman's playing pretty well for them, but you know, you can't ignore that. You 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 can't ignore that relationship. Yeah. You know what? It's only a matter of time before his very destructive girlfriend destructs them. <laughs> so like before his girl destructive girlfriend gets in some sort of nice fight with Sasha Barkov who then demands a trade. <laughs> Oh. Notice I didn't say Sasha Barkoff's girlfriend. I just said a knife fight with Sasha Barkoff. She's got to step it up now. Yeah, you definitely <laughs> have to. Once you have that notoriety, you really have to up your game. <laughs> 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 On the one hand, I should not be laughing about this because I really do think this was a shitty move. But, I mean, this team, are they doing it on purpose? Are they trying to shoot themselves in the foot? Are they all trying to get out of there and this is their, their final plea? I don't get it. Well, here's yes. the thing about that, too, is, you know what? I think they made it really hard for the team to fire Guy Boucher because they made it, they made it almost impossible to do that, right? Because, like, now it's going to look like the team is, is, bend, is bending over for a bunch of fucking prima donnas. That's true. I, I, I get that, but they can't... Well, they're not going to fire Guy Boucher. They're not going to fire him. They don't want to pay him. They're just going to let the contract run out. Get somebody yep. else. So so they won't fire him. That was a given anyway. But now it's just like, I, it's really damning when, when the player says, I haven't paid attention for three weeks. And he hasn't done anything for three weeks. No, the most amazing anything. thing is, is those th- the early part of that three weeks when the Senators were still playing well to start the season, right? <laughs> it was only the latter part of that three weeks when they were, you know, shitty, like they were expected to be, like now. <laughs> Uh, Melnick needs to sell that team and get the fuck away from it. Oh, he direly needs to sell that fucking team. Uh, he needs to sell that team, and the fans deserve more than that. Uh, if I were a Senators fan, I would not want to pay any of those people's salaries. And I would not want to support them because they're kind of pieces of shit. And the whole administration, the whole management is sucky. Oh yeah, someone needs to, to buy that team, fire literally everyone, 
sell every is it um talk to every player is like do you want out and even if there's even a hesitation trade yeah right like if they so much if they, if they don't snap right to no i want to stay and then just 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 you know full scorched earth structural rebuild and we're not talking to the players although that's necessary too <laughs> yeah i said to ben last night I, I said you know it's actually more fun to have a uh, division where everything's competitive where you don't just have three teams that are good and everybody else sucks. Which is why it's really nice, and I hate saying this because it involves Montreal, it's kind of nice that Montreal and Buffalo are shockingly competitive. I, I, would, rather, I would rather it not be Montreal, mind you, but like, I'll take what it is. Look, I can, you can have the exception to that rule all the time. It can, you can have one team that you hate so much that you never want them to be competitive or win a game or whatever. We can all have that, and for me, in hockey, it is Montreal. They can go die a fiery death. I don't want them to win. In football, it's the Jets, and the Jets have been keeping up their end of the bargain. <laughs> I'm going to say, yeah, it's not too hard for the Jets to keep that up. And that's fine. So we can all have these things. It's, it's good. You can have a competitive division and have one team that you want to, to fail so badly. It's good. So, yeah, Sens, Sens fans, I feel bad for you. You don't deserve that. Sens, fan, Sens fans are good people, and they've been through hell since word go when that, when that franchise was born. And it's, it's a rough time, you know? Yeah. So, you know, they had to watch, you know, the 90s just be awful. And they had to, you know, and they watch first round, an array of first round picks fall flat on their faces. Or in the case of Brian Barrard, straight up refused to play for them. You had to watch Marion Hogan be traded for recently acquitted murderer Danny Heatley. Oh, my God. The backstory on that, for those that don't know, of course, is uh, Danny Heatley, during, I believe it was during the lockout year in uh, Atlanta, was in a, uh, a car accident that was probably a DOI that killed teammate Dan Snyder. Oh, God. Yeah. And you treated, you know, class fucking act and future Hall of Famer Marion Hosa for that because they did because the owner at the time didn't want to pay Marion Hosa. And then Healy, of course, goes on to demand his way out and vetoes a decent trade and ends up going for a shitty trade because, um, well, basically, if if if, uh, if San Jose trades for you, they're underpaying. Mm. So, yeah, point being, it's like it's never been good to be an Ottawa Senators fan. And I feel bad for them because, like, they're good people. I love Ottawa, like the city in general, too. It's just it's just tragedy. On the other hand, fuck Eugene Melnick because, you know, fuck him. <laughs> Again, we went far off topic, so I needed to find a way to just move on to the next one after the fact. So I guess uh, schedule then? Uh... Sure. Okay, so the team has uh, three games this week. Start with a, with a little bit of the um, uh, Central and um, uh, a, a Central and Pacific uh, road trip, which means, of course, a mess of substandard start. Oh, actually, they're not that bad, shockingly. Not great for me, but it'll do. So on uh, on Wednesday, that's uh, November 14th, they're at Colorado, uh, starting 10 p.m. Eastern time. Not great. Really bad for me. But, you know, that's, that's, that's my problem, I suppose. Yeah, um, it, it's not a great time uh, for anyone. I, I don't really like general uh, late starts. And yeah, I mean, really... that's an 11 p.m. start for me. That's, that's, just, just like, that's just a straight up no. Yeah, uh, I also hate Colorado. I mean, it should be an interesting game because you have the two best lines in the league right now going up against one another. 
in the uh, McDavid um, uh, Landeskog um, uh, ranting in line against, of course, Bergeron, Marchand, Pasternak. Anyway, anyway, so from there, they traveled to Texas to take on Dell Stars. Hey, uh, that game's again. a Friday night, isn't it? Yeah, it's a Friday night. It's at 8 p.m. Eastern. We could watch that game and broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> and then on the second day of a back-to-back, then they travel to Phoenix to play the Coyotes, also at 8 p.m. Eastern. Actually, considering considering these time zones, these are pretty reasonable start times, except for Wednesday. I'm kind of shocked. Yep, the game that you probably want to see is the Wednesday one, right? And there's literally no way I can do that, yeah. Yeah, well, that's okay. And, and I know because of social commitments, I'm probably not seeing the Dallas game. So I'll get to watch them play the Coyotes on Saturday. It's probably the one you want to see them wa- uh, play if you want them to win outright. Just like they're, they're going to win that game. Uh, I, I think, uh, you know, playing Arizona on the second night of a uh, back-to-back, that's probably when you want to play Arizona in that back-to-back scenario. Um, yeah, so of those three teams, they're currently, um, like, really close together in the um, uh, in the standings in the West with Dallas, Colorado, Arizona in that order descending. Yeah, I mean, they're all pretty similar records. It's just the number of o- o- overtime losses that make the, that make the spread. So mm. none of them are great clubs right now. <laughs> no, no. So, um, okay. And, um, you know what, what's the, there's another game. It's like the third, it's the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, isn't it? Yes. Yes. So on, on the 21st, they um, are at Detroit starting at seven thirty PM Eastern. That okay. would be next Wednesday. All right. I just wanted to get that out there just in case. Yeah, might as well just say that. So, well, yeah, that's a fine game. Uh, I worry a little bit when the Bruins have, like, multiple days off in between games, but it's early but in the it's season. Coming right on, it's, it's coming on the heel of a uh, travel back-to-back with time zones. Yeah. Because, like, by doing that, they're going – in the next week, they're going from Eastern right now, you know, home, to Mountain Time, to Central, to Pacific, to Eastern. In the next week and a half. So, yeah, I'm kind of glad for that three days between Arizona and Detroit. Okay. Fair enough. All right. We should probably okay. just... Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I don't want to do that ever again. Uh, and I did it last week, and I stumbled through it because, like, I'm really bad at it. So I'm going to let you do that, too. Okay. Listeners, you've been listening to Barely On Topic. You can hear us on SoundCloud, Stitcher iTunes, Google Play, or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. If there's somewhere else we're found, please let us know. (laughs) (laughs) If if you like us, rate us well. Tell your friends. Tell all your friends. Even if they don't (laughs) care. Especially if they don't care. Tell your dog. He'll listen too. He's going to listen with your dog. He'll be great. I record Um, with my dog. I'm, I'm, I'm recording with my cat. So, uh, also, of course, you can reach out to us on Twitter uh, at Barely on Topic, and uh, on Facebook on at Barely on Topic Podcast. And uh, lastly, of course, uh, if you really are that committed, you can uh, you can uh, you know follow us. I'm of course at Doctor Hand Grenade. I am at Tim A Richardson. And I can't think of anything clever to say that I'm at. So I'm at VA from RI. I bet okay. you missed doing that last week, didn't you, Jeff? 
Anyway, Tim? Word.